We're rolling in a little different today, guys. We've uh, <laughs> we're already twenty minutes into our episode, and you think we're just starting? You would think so. we smoked <laughs> a lot of weed. <laughs> We've been to Woodstock. We talked Buddha. Um, shit. Let's just get you're after like, it. You're so Let's just get after it. You don't it. know where to start. I don't know where I am today. So, um, I do, you know what? I, I do know two places I am. That's the Advanced Creative Studio here in the beautiful Livermore Valley. Welcome back to yep. Through the Grapevine Podcast. This is TTG. I am your um, sometimes fearless host, JTM in the kitchen. I'm with Savannah, the one and only Banana, yep. a.k.a. SVC. Bananas for life. Um, next to her, we have the, uh, the one and only Matt the one they call the bar muscle up Sousa. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap. How we sorry. How we doing over there, guys? We're fantastic. Man, what a warm up, right? That was like our conversation before this was like the equivalent of 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 the, of the before you get into the you know the strength portion and the before you get into the <laughs> yeah. MRA. So then, that was the strength portion. We were we were talking, we were trying to find a song to start with and Matt had an interesting story and he was like play the song and then we started talking about Buddhism which we'll get into and I was explaining my very limited understanding of Buddhism and just um, like just send it just yeah. I mean let's I mean might as well because yeah. we're still but hot the, the idea is Buddha before Buddha was Buddha as we all know him is he was Siddhartha he was a very um, privileged and wealthy prince and he was kept away from all types of suffering for a really long time um, no pressure, and no pressure. Oh no, thank you, dude. Um, I'm living the way of Buddha today yeah. until I take another sip. Of and coffee. just context is, uh, Matt was sharing a story about a homeless man he met named Raymond. Yeah. So um, and then went into Buddhism and then Savannah because Raymond is blowing our minds. Yeah. Um, I I was sharing the information that I've learned at community college. <laughs> uh, no, you're spot on. So go. Yeah, so, so, so he was, a prince. He so was he sheltered was, his from name suffering. Was Arthur. He was sheltered from suffering, and then one day he um, sees it, and he is trying to figure out. This is him trying to realize how to get to what's called moksha, which is essentially we can in Western culture think of that as nirvana. Mm. And the idea is there's really like no such thing as like good karma or bad karma. There is just karma, and mm-hmm. it's energy being put out into the universe energy coming back in so if you want to reach moksha the idea is that you put no karma out there and you receive none of it so that's why you'll see buddhist monks you know eat the tiniest bit of rice maybe every 30 days because they don't want to accept any energy and that's why they'll hold these yoga poses and meditate for hours on end at something that we would view as like god that's extremely painful and yet they're able to meditate on it and the Mm -hmm. point is is that they're trying to admit no karma because they want when they when they pass from this life they want to be able to go on to that enlightened stage of moksha um and that's kind of like i that's what i was explaining to the guys and we were talking about it and um the point that he's like okay that's great because that's essentially what this guy raymond is trying to do and i was like yeah he's living the buddhist lifestyle oh not trying he he is. is he's he's gotten rid of all possessions like he chooses to live homeless he's he he's trying to reach his enlightened stage and, and Matt, this is, this is where you take we over. Were, I mean, yeah, we were just going right back to the moment we were in. I love it. Yeah. Check this song out by uh, uh, George Harrison, My Sweet Lord. There's a part in the end when he goes through a bunch of, like, uh, mantras and stuff here. <laughs> it's a vibe, yeah, it's got bro. The, it's got the hands. It's a vibe today, guys. It's a vibe today. <laughs> and he has the Buddhist ones in there as well, too. But, um, so, Raymond. I met the most interesting character over the weekend. I want to share this with you guys just so hopefully that way you could take a little piece of this with you and live your life with a little more intent and be open to the life's uh, mysteries and treasures. And so anyhow, 
back to where we were right right at the beginning of it, right? So we'll go right there. So I have this friend, um, good friend of mine, who was homeless for uh, five years in Santa Barbara. And he said that he met Raymond in Santa Barbara, and he claims that the two of them were the only two um, homeless people that weren't addicts of some sort. Mm-hmm. They weren't, they didn't do drugs, they weren't on alcohol, they were choosing uh, this lifestyle and just kind of giving themselves up to the universe, for lack of better words. And I know that's a little and heavy. When you but... say this lifestyle, more than just not drinking, and they they were they were choosing to be homeless. Or... They were choose, yeah. yeah. So Sevon, my buddy, was basically you know choosing choosing to be homeless. Like he he ran out of money. Uh, his parents weren't going to pay for him to be in college anymore after yeah. his you know seven years there. And uh, so they basically were like, "Hey, you're on your own. You're cut off." And he was like, "Okay, cool." Packed up all his stuff, and and that was that. And so how he met Raymond is a trip. And then how it comes to this this past weekend um, is even trippier. So Savon was really into studying insects for a little bit. I guess there's not okay. much to do when you're homeless. Okay. Um, Entomology? And uh, so yeah. at this point, he's like words. following this group of crows around. Oh, okay. also I believe that's as a called murder. a murder. Yeah. <laughs> so he was following this group of crows around. And he came to uh, this park in Santa Barbara. And he stopped and he saw... Raymond, he didn't know him as Raymond, but he saw Raymond sitting there at the time. And so he kind of noticed him and noticed that he was also a, a homeless gentleman. Oh, so he walks sir. over to, to to Raymond and he goes, hey, and he says, hey, how you doing? And he goes, I'm, I'm following these crows around. And Raymond turns to him and says, I know. We're going to start a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Hey, follow these crows. Well, it gets weirder because Raymond says, I know. And he goes, you know. And he goes, yes, they, they told me to give this to you. And he hands them on a cardboard box, and inside this cardboard box is a perfectly preserved crow's nest that fell from a tree. And Raymond had found it two days earlier and knew that he needed to keep it because somebody that would be important in his life would be meeting him for that. So when Savon comes up to him and says, hi, and he goes, I've been following the crows, Raymond responds, I know, and they told me to give this to you. And he hands him the cardboard box, it gets inside, and it's the crow's nest, perfectly reserved. And Savon's like, holy crap, this is insane, right? So him and Raymond become buddies and, Very you know, they drift in and out of each other's time being homeless, they're spending it. And then, so anyhow, Savon moves and comes up to back up to the uh, Bay Area. 15 years later, 15 years later, we fast forward. He has had zero contact with Raymond. Raymond doesn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know, Raymond maybe has a car sometimes. Raymond doesn't have a house. Raymond has very, very few possessions of any at all. And Savon is driving his boys to a skate park because they're going to meet a instructor there. And he realizes he forgets his coffee. And he's like, damn. So he pulls off the road on the way there to a random Starbucks. This is over in Santa Cruz area, Santa Cruz, Scotts Valley area. Pulls over to a random Starbucks that, that he never really goes to. And he gets out of the car and he walks up. And Raymond is sitting in the Starbucks uh, little front area on one of the tables. Savon stops dead in his track goes, oh, Raymond? And he goes, hey. He goes, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm waiting for you, of course. And so Savon Savon says hi to him and goes, okay. And anyways, they got an appointment to make. So he goes, hey, it was great to see you. He takes a selfie with him real quick and wishes him well and heads on, heads on about his day. That was about, that was about two weeks ago. So to mark that, that would be like, you know, mm, uh, uh, early April, early April-ish, right? We're in May now. Um, So then Saturday, this last Saturday... I go out there to uh, hang out with him and the family and stuff like that. And so hang out with Sevon, not Raymond. <laughs> and we, we, I meet them up at the beach and they're hanging out at the beach. And so he goes, hey, we're going to go back to the house. We're going to go back to the house. So I jump into my car and I drive. And they're taking a little bit longer to get back. No big deal. I'm just kind of chilling in front of the house. And they pull up and 
Savon kind of has this weird look on his face and he goes, dude, you won't believe it. So he tells me the story about how he met Raymond. He tells me the story that you guys just heard about how he met him at Starbucks. Well, yeah. on the way drive back from the beach, Raymond is standing outside of a church with another gentleman just having a conversation. Now they're about five minutes away from Savon's house. Okay. And so he pulls over and someone goes, Raymond, and waves out the window and says hi and tells me, and then he tells me this when we get back to the house together. And he goes, don't be surprised if Raymond shows up. And I said, would well, you tell him to come over here? He goes, no. And he goes, are you sure you know, like he knows where you live? And he goes, I don't think he does. Well, an hour later, guess who shows up? Raymond. I like Raymond. I'm pretty sure he's a witch and I am too. Yeah, bro, and I don't know if friends. like this is guardian angel or I'm just freaking out. So here's the trip. And well, I wasn't I like sure. Raymond. <laughs> I've never met him and I like him. Oh. I feel like I know him. And okay. so okay. he comes into the backyard and he has a guitar he has a stack of books with him. He's dressed. Wait, these are all my favorite things. He's dressed in a uh, a nice, and by nice, I mean nice looking on a homeless gentleman, yeah. a blazer, blue blazer. Yeah. He's got a pair of like nice like shades in the uh, pocket of the blazer. He's got a long sleeve white button up underneath. It almost looks like a dress shirt, but he's got it unbuttoned probably down to about his belly button. He's got a tie just kind of loosely hanging around his wet neck. He's wearing a pair of blue sweats. And a pair of old, beat-up, like, New Balance sneakers. Let's go. Yeah. He's got a beard that comes uh, down to about his collarbone. And he wears this loosely rolled-up blue bandana, almost like uh, from, like, Cheech and Chong style, kind of around his head. He's got long hair. So he comes in, and he looks like he's probably in his um, early to mid-70s, I would say, when you see him. Okay. Okay. Savon met him 15 years ago. Savon is now 50. And he turns to me and he goes, you know what's crazy about Raymond? And I said, what? He goes, he's looked that ex- same exact way when I met him 20 years ago. And he goes, and I haven't even seen him in 15 years. And he hasn't even aged a bit. Now, when I tell you that this guy, he speaks in like archetypes, in like metaphor, and you almost are kind of like, what is happening? But every time he like finishes talking, he leaves you with thoughts which is really interesting. He doesn't make a statement. There's not judgment. It's just like an open-ended kind of thought. So anyhow, he comes in with these books and he gives the books to Savon's boys. And he has like a, what would be known as like a prayer beads or meditation beads. And um, so he's explaining um, how he found the house and everything else. And he's basically just telling us that he goes, "I I found this and I have all this and I have this abundance in my life. And this is a guy that has like nothing with him. Right. Yeah. And he goes, because I just live with intent. And he goes in, so he showed me with the beads that he got and he brought one for all of the, the uh, little boys. And he goes, so now what I want you to do is he goes, as you take these with these beads, he goes, just spend about five minutes with it. And he goes, but don't move the bead until you've thought about moving the bead, visualized moving the bead. He goes, and then move the bead. Now, this is the point of the story. And this is a ho- something that I hope is relevant to our listeners and they take away from it. He said that majority of our life, if we really sit down and think about it, he goes, all of us act and react and then we think and he goes so we're living in a constant state of this reaction Mm -hmm. or playing catch up to other things other inputs that are coming in Mm -hmm. and so he said the point of the um the point of the prayer bead or the meditation bead was to start to reverse that cycle to slow it down so that way we think then we move Mm -hmm. then we act and he said, so if you could separate, and this is something that um, I always kind of like uh, uh, found really useful, which is trying to separate the distance between something happening to you, some sort of input, karma, some sort of energy, mm-hmm. 
happening to you. And then you create distance to how you respond or react to whatever that input or stimulus is. Mm -hmm. And the more distance you could cultivate from your, uh, from the inputs to your response, the better your life will be because you're no longer reacting. You're actually in control of your actions. Mm -hmm. And the difference between reaction and responding is reaction is something hit me in the shoulder and I turn and look. I didn't think about it. I just reacted. Responding means I took time to process the information, really thought about it, and then articulated a response. Mm -hmm. And so his whole deal was, number one, you could manifest and, and, uh, and kind of control your life through opening up that space between between input and the way you respond. And by using those beads, you're training the neurological portion of your brain to say, we think, we act, and then we move. And so that was the uh, point of the beads there. And uh, Raymond told me a couple other things, and I'm not going to share it with you guys because I want to timestamp it here because I'm taking his advice. I've already started, and we're going to see what's going to happen, okay? Interesting. Um, but it is very interesting. So the point of it is I hope that um, listening to that, maybe that kind of tripped you out. Maybe you have a story of that on your own or you kind of know somebody like that but just take a moment to kind of take a deep breath and see if you could go through the rest of the day or tomorrow depending on when you're listening to this and if you could just live with a little bit more intent and just increase that response the increase the the the, the distance between the reaction and uh, response that are happening to you because the more space you could cultivate there the more distance you could cultivate there i do think the better and more control you're going to be in our life and we all know that anxiety and these other things all stem from us feeling out of control mm -hmm. or we don't have control or something's going to happen in the future that we can't control mm -hmm. right so if we're able to bring that back within our control by by uh, giving ourselves some more time to responding to the inputs that are coming in mm -hmm. uh, we might we might be a little happier we might be a little bit more patient we might be a little bit more forgiving we mm -hmm. might be a little little bit more understanding to uh, our fellow human beings out there and in a world like it is today with our uh, fear economy and division coming from the media and all these really really things that could be very easily triggering or, or elicit some sort of um, negative response for us. It's a great time because there is no shortage of things you could practice with this. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, I hope that didn't throw everybody off too much, but I, it's just been something I've been tripping on the last couple of days. And, um, and it's interesting because we hear this all the time, right? We even said on this podcast, like, what are you trying to manifest? Like, mm -hmm. how do we create our realities? Yeah. Like, are we living our life intentfully? Like, are we really slowing down and, and focusing on what's important to us? And, and, um, are we really attacking those things or moving towards those things with intention? Mm -hmm. So man. I hope that, I hope that got something for you guys. We got there, there man. We got there. Shit. Thanks, Raymond. Shout out. Yeah. yeah thanks, shout out I mean, there's Raymond. just so many places. Raymond Jones, I'm just like, yeah. What are the, I just, the, the fact that like he just keeps showing up at the right places. I'm going to start telling people these, when they'd be like, what are trip. you doing here? I'm be like, waiting for you. That was the best response out of that too. That's what I'm I thought I'm just going to start too. doing like, that. Oh, you could say whether it's true or not, I'm just going to start saying that. Oh, man. By the way, Raymond, his skin was almost like glowing. Like it, it just almost seemed like it was like glowing, almost like flawless, even though he was a little bit older mm. and he, and, and. Take it for what it is. He did not smell bad. And I don't know if you guys have been around homeless people homeless before. People yeah. before. Usually Listen, they are deep in mental health. And, and it's like have homes that smell terrible. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, anyhow, I just wanted to share that with you guys man. and hope, hopefully, uh, Raymond touches you now because the craziest part about it, right, is, is Raymond wants to make an impact and, and have positively and spread enlightenment. And because of him touching me coming to this podcast now, his message yeah, man, just, has even spread further, right? 
And that wasn't my intention. It's not like I'm spreading the gospel of Raymond over oh, here or man. something, but it is. It's just a trip, man. That's a tr- that is a trip. So, uh, I mean, well, welcome back to the podcast, guys. We just uh, <laughs> we just went there with it. We went deep. Uh, I mean, it all makes sense. I'm still tripping on just the story because, like I said, we were chatting before. I've this met a many bit. Raymonds in my life. I ain't tripping. And I'm just like, <laughs> what, the, what are the chances? Uh, not ch- I don't even know how to say it. Not chances, but just like how what a what a what a scenario, what a story, what Dude, a s- steps of a story. Fifteen where this years guy, later, he, yeah. 15 he hasn't changed. Uh, that's I don't know, man. I'm kind of spooked a little bit. <laughs> I need one of you guys to keep talking. I'm got, I'm shaking it off right now. <laughs> well, it was funny because before, and that's why when you were going off and you gave that that, and I'll, I'll save you for it. Her oversimplified community college version of the yeah, Buddha. So don't get anybody <laughs> angry out there. Okay, Savannah was enlightening like, get us. Angry and please just like. Well, they're share. not enlightened. If they got yeah. angry, they are not enlightened. They need to cultivate some more space that's between what you point. said and how they feel. I don't imagine feel. most um, practicing Buddhists are. Gonna be aff- offended yeah. by that. But if you do have more information, want to share with it, drop it in the comment yeah, section. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, but it was funny because you, when you had said something about, you were like, "Yeah, it's not about." You know, they basically want to just have a neutrality point yeah. where they're not even yeah. sending off a vibe. They're just kind of being. And it was funny when you said that because I was like, "Holy crap!" That's how I described him to Grace when I got home. Uh, I was like, he didn't have, there was like no, like you didn't feel like there was an agenda. You yeah. know, sometimes people are doing it and, and you get talking, they're like, is this dude trying to sell me something? Like, is just, what does this chick want out of this situation? Right. But with him, yeah. it was literally just like, there was, there was just no just vibe. Yeah. He was just being, he was just is. Um, yeah, and yeah, and I mean, this might, this could tail us off a little bit, but if you guys want to continue down that path, but you're somebody like me who you're a uh, optimist but skeptical. No. Um, I would suggest uh, Power Versus Force by um, Dr. David Hawkins. And uh, that book right there um, is written was written in the mid, um, like 1996, so the mm. mid-90s or so, the 1900s. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he talks about, if depending <laughs> on which emotional state you're operating from, um, will tell you where you are on the level of consciousness in your mm. chart. So people that are often uh, uh, operating from a from a guilt or a shame or from anger are really low on the um, spectrum level. People that are operating from courage or from selflessness or from these other emotions um, that are more so giving than than selfish mm. um, or more would be considered more positive tend to have a higher value uh, or be on a higher level of consciousness when you're operating from them. That's an interesting conversation. There's a book by um, Brene Brown, who I'm sure plenty of people know. It may have been one of her first ones. Um, I forget what it's called. I'll look it up later. But uh, it, you know, she like talks wilderness, about like something in the wilderness. No, no, no. She talks about. Um, so she is a shame researcher, more particularly in women. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one book that she did that um, I listened to on audiobook was really interesting because it's all about like her studies. Um, and she talks a lot about shame and guilt and how they're actually very two different things. Mm. And the idea Mm -hmm. is that guilt is this great thing because you could use it to propel you to something. So like guilt is like, Oh, I, Mm. I did something bad. Mm -hmm. Like somebody, you know, I, I did something bad. Mm -hmm. Shame is I am bad. And that's Mm -hmm. something that you can't really change. And shame is interesting because it tends to lead. So her study showed that like it tends to lead to um, more drug addictions um, people she so a lot of the drug addicts that she interviewed had high what she classifies as high levels of shame. So there's um, what she calls a shame resilience and like where you fall on that. Mm-hmm. And the people who are 
who have high shame resilience or very resilient from being shamed into things Mm -hmm. tend to go on to live like healthier, happier, like lifestyles. And if you fall on the spectrum where you have pretty much like no shame resilience, you tend to have um, more mental health issues. You tend to have like drug addictions. And it was super interesting because um, people who are shame resilient still feel guilt. The difference Mm -hmm. is, is they're like guilt. Um, I can make a choice at this point now. Like I did something wrong and I can fix it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can choose to make a better decision next time. I can choose to make amends on this thing. Whereas shame is like an actual visceral feeling that we all like actually feel mm-hmm. and can describe. And that it is so negative to like the human body and the human mind that it leads to so many issues. And it's that um, I didn't do something wrong. I am wrong. I mm-hmm. am the problem. And that's something that like, is that we can't really fix when we think about ourselves in that way. So it's really interesting because in this Mm. book, she tackles the idea of like um, trying to, trying to get away from that. And so this particular book that I listened to was based upon women um, aging. Like, I mean, the age difference was like really huge. Um, And then the next book that she goes on to write that I hadn't listened to was then focused on men um, because it's super different in men and women, because of course, like that's influenced by sociocultural mm-hmm. experiences mm-hmm. but it like it's it's interesting that like you you bring that up because like i always thought that they were the same thing and then having that view on it you're like oh those are very different things mm-hmm. and you're right like on if you bring up dr Haw- hawkins's um like spectrum of consciousness i think shame is the one at the very very bottom yeah and it's like the furthest you could be a, away from enlightenment yeah somebody oh, somewhere somewhere in time somebody you're not something worthy happened of being better. To you. Yeah, something happened to you and your brain wired that and was just like, oh, that is that's saying something about who you are. Mm-hmm. Like something happened and you're like, OK, like that is your identity now. Right. Mm. And it's hard to get away from that. So it really is actually like having no consciousness of like what is actually going mm-hmm. around. So like one of the first steps that she says, if you if you find yourself um, being feeling ashamed like a lot um, is that you have to take that moment. Like you were saying, you have to like take a step back and like first acknowledge you're like, Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed right now or I'm being shamed right now. And you have to like draw attention to it because that literally what it is like it, it, it exists. It does not exist in your frontal cortex. It does not exist in any of your executive functions. Um, it exists in uh, a more primal part. So probably your amygdala. I don't mm-hmm. know if she goes into that, which is a, like those two parts of your brain don't work at the same mm-hmm. time. So like mm-hmm. it really is the opposite of consciousness. It, it really is like yeah. an instinct mm. feeling. It's crazy too. Cause like um, the conversation that I had, which was like, you wouldn't almost have felt like it would relate to the book that you're talking about. But then all of a sudden you see that the, it's all the relation is between yeah. all of them. Right. So between the story about Raymond, mm-hmm. the book I recommended, the book uh, Savannah recommended, the thing about cultivating um, awareness and cultivating dif- uh, distance between what's happening to you mm-hmm. and your response to it. It's no mistake that all these, uh, all these things kind of say the same thing, but just kind of attack it from different angles. And then I really like when you brought in like the hard science with it, as far as like, I don't actually, I don't know if that's a hard science or soft science. So scientists don't come after me, but, um, 
but how you were us. how you were talking about where that's operating in the in the brain, yeah. and that's super important because the, the biggest differentiator between us and the other mammals was the development of our frontal cortex, which those emotions so that's where your logical part of your brain exists that's yes. like your executive functions and then your amygdala is like on the back like they call it the reptilian brain right is that where that portion that well, they're referring to I, I don't know that doesn't cross over for me i've only okay. ever heard it referred to as your amygdala so typically if you have like it's more primal well what it is is like it's your it's your anxiety center so like um your amygdala is literally in control of like there is a large animal that is chasing after me yes, right yes, now yes, primal, so i'm primal. going to turn off all of these things and I'm going to focus mm-hmm. in. So like, um, so like pan- when you have panic attacks, your amygdala is like overworking because mm-hmm. it's perceiving that there is a danger somewhere mm-hmm. and it's trying to save you from the danger. The problem is, is like a panic attack is a, um, your amygdala is overworking. It's doing too much of the work mm-hmm. um, and it's out of balance at that point. Mm-hmm. So like your amygdala is extremely important. We all need it because it senses danger. It senses fear. So like, when you feel like if you're a parent and you feel like your child's in danger, it tends to relate into a physical sensation and you immediately can act because your amygdala is really good at protecting Protect- you and at yeah. saving you. It's just not good when you like when it's overactive, when you don't need it on things. Right. So and being able to control. And this is why. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but not control it because it actually controls all the other parts. But the cognitive therapy Makes mm-hmm. it to where you're saying, okay, wait, I'm aware this is happening. Yeah, you have to acknowledge and now, it. Yeah, and then what you're doing is you're actually moving it from that part of your brain to your frontal cortex. We are just they typically, it out. They typically don't, from my understanding, from my own therapy, is that they, and if there's a therapist out there, Vicky, if you listen, um, Betterhelp. hop on in. Hop on in and like explain by. this more. This is, from my, this is from my own experience. So, um, yeah. But yeah, they typically have a really hard time operating like at the same time, especially Mm -hmm. when it's super overactive. So like when you can acknowledge, you're like, oh, wait a second. Like um, I recently I think I read this somewhere that hope and fear are actually like they they actually cannot operate at the same time. Or gratitude and anger. Yeah. So you have to Mm -hmm. like acknowledge you're like, oh, I'm feeling really afraid or hopeless or whatever right now. Um, And then you figure out from whatever, however because it's different for everybody. You can figure out how you want to like go and attack that. So for me, it's like I acknowledge that something's happening or like I'm upset about something or the fear center of my brain is on. And then I say, okay, well, this kind of sucks right now. I acknowledge that this is happening. I acknowledge that's my feelings towards it. At this point now, I'm going to do these things that are going to make me feel better, which, and this is where sometimes it gets sticky because people might think that looks like, I don't know. It, I, this is what I can tell you. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like alcohol. It doesn't look like leaning into these things. So mm. when you acknowledge, like, okay, I'm not feeling good. I'm gonna do things that are going to help me. Kind of. I always view it like this: of that it's a wave, and um, anxiety is gonna happen. And I'm like, all right, well, it's happening. And I used to try and fight it. So I would envision myself like I'm in the water and I'm trying to fight a wave that's coming that I'm not gonna be able to fight. Mm. So if I acknowledge that it's coming, it's gonna happen, and I stop fighting. I say, okay, well, what can I do to help me like ride this wave? Because it's going to happen irregardless. So then I think of like, okay, um, what always makes me feel better is like a nice like walk. And so I envision that as like, that is a surfboard and that's going to help me ride a wave. Um, what else also makes me feel better? Uh, 
but reading a book and lighting a candle, I look at that as like, that's a paddle and that's like a vest. And I just like envision all these little things of like, what's going to help me ride the wave of this anxiety or this panic attack? Cause I was mm. having a weird time with panic attacks for a while. Um, and that was like how I, and that came from my own cognitive therapy of mm -hmm. this is how you deal with it. And then you ride the wave. And then after the fact, you're like, Ooh, okay. Like I'm, I'm still here. I'm still alive. Cause a panic attack makes you feel like you are going to mm -hmm. die. Um, so you get there and you're like, okay, like we did it. We can do that again the next time. Mm -hmm. And you kind of just keep doing it. And for me, they got progressively like better by just like, ex it's weird how just accepting things, mm -hmm. uh, acceptance that's mm -hmm. high on the list of, uh, of, uh, consciousness. I had to actually too. look it up. I was like, acceptance. I I actually don't know what that meant because mm -hmm. I'm just so used to, Resistance. I think it's in my nature to fight things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, had, especially I, if they're perceived I literally as had to Google mm -hmm. it. Um, and again, that's, that's from different experiences in my life but mm -hmm. it was interesting i i had to like literally look that i was talking to my therapist i was like actually i don't even think i know what that means i was like mm -hmm. what like what does that mean to just accept something and i had to look it up and every once in a while i would like keep it up in like my browser and i would look at it and i would repeat it back to myself and be like okay we're gonna we're gonna do yeah, you that. internalize the meeting well we just solved mental health on this episode <laughs> so oh, you we yeah. definitely didn't solve mental health i still see therapists no, regularly no, no, no. I'm just, I'm and just you joking. should too i'm just joking Betterhealth.com. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> if you need some the, plugs, uh, we got some friends. Well, I mean, Shout we, out to Vicky. We, 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 we did. We just did <laughs> a lot there. So, I mean, yeah, we did, you guys. And I'll let you. Uh, I mean, what's the takeaway? We may have to cut that. So we went no. from Raymond to mental consciousness, and we just went like, but like, what's yeah. the takeaway for folks again? Because we just tackled a lot there. You know, mm -hmm. I think in what this, I think from this perspective of like what we do on this aspect, and it's because I think about it often when you want to open a business or you want to try something new, like it's so fucking scary. Mm. It's so scary to just wait like, to tie pull, it in Savannah. Well, That's how it's, it's so scary <laughs> to like pull the trigger and you can build up so many anxieties or you can build up like all these walls of like, well, I got to do this first or I got to do that first or like I need to take care of this first. Mm. And it can create this like huge amount of anxiety anxiety because you're um building i this is another thing that i say you're building a bigger monster than what's mm -hmm. necessary mm -hmm. and i make these things that i need to do to like achieve the goal like so much bigger than they actually are instead of taking it one by one and just saying one one little milestone at a time just like don't focus on the eight milestones after this first one just get through the first one and let's say you get through it and you don't want to finish the other eight that's fine you don't have to but i think the point is is to try and acknowledge your fears and acknowledge that everybody has them especially when it comes to being a business owner or an entrepreneur or just a living human being and mm -hmm. just try and focus on attacking one thing at a time don't don't build things up to be bigger than they need to be try and take a breath and look at something from a from a different perspective a logical one and that doesn't mean ignoring how you feel and pretending it doesn't exist that means acknowledging it and then saying but we're still going yeah. to do this anyways yeah, yeah. so I, I mean after you yeah, after i feel like what i feel like the wrap-up is i mean i'm just reiterating what you just said is having an understanding of kind of and how and why your mind works and to live like consciously and in, in a space set where you have the awareness um and it doesn't and, mean and that you don't fall out of that yeah mm. it doesn't mean it's a practice you, it's you, not yeah a, you have human you're a you human yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it's funny because when we were when we first started i started um we were talking about spirituality spirit spirituality spirit there you go that word hallelujah um hallelujah <laughs> they're gonna give me crap earlier because i i mispronounced it it was just me saying yeah. hallelujah it's the, uh, hallelujah well it's 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 hall notes um 
religious cover band, Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> you can uh, you can find that anywhere. Oh, uh, but uh, I, yeah, well, I guess I'm gonna laugh at that like three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> like, you remember that one time Jeremy made that Hallelujah? It's gonna be like two two listeners that understand that. Um, you guys are riding with us today, um, and 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 we reeled it back in, and we you know we uh, we tied it back to the. Uh, how that might, you know, relate to small, you know, being a small business owner or whatever it might be. I mean, even beyond that, it was just an interesting mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tie it even further if you want. It, I mean, go. I mean, go. So something that we're talking about. We rough. we each have something that we kind of wanted to like talk and recap on because we've been doing cool things. And who are we to tell you guys to do cool things if we're not doing them ourselves? So Amen. for me, right. I do this super. I don't know why I do this. It's just she steals how other I people's dogs. Them. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. I do this thing, like I said, I call it building bigger monsters. Mm-hmm. And um, I make these things to be like so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And then I like dread doing a thing because I feel like it's going to be so much more work than it is. And I've finally mm-hmm. gotten to a place that like, okay, you're going to dread about this and then you're just going to go and do it. And it's actually going to be so much better than what you thought it was going to be. So for me, mm-hmm. I did recently um, at Charming Fig, I yep. did a rosé and like food pairing event which was super fun um it was charming fig julia's owner and so she brought me in to do that and we had about four different wines that we were kind of mixing and matching and pairing and it was super fun but but before like a few hours before i was just like really in this place where i'm like I just don't want to do this. Like, it's going to be, I just like build it to be something so much bigger than it is. And I'm like, I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be hungry when I get mm. home. I'm going to, I think of all the like negative things and it ends up making it worse just because I thought about it instead of just kind of like doing it. So mm-hmm. uh, how'd you work through that for this particular, like in this particular scenario? In this particular one, I sat there and I was just like, I was talking to Nicole about it. I was just like, it's annoying that I feel this way. I was like, because I know I have now done this enough times mm-hmm. that I know it will literally be fine and I'm going to have the best time there. And then mm-hmm. it's not going to be this big deal that I'm making it out to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I'm just going to be grumpy while I do my makeup and like get ready. I'm just going to be grumpy about it, but I'm still just like going to go and do it. And yeah. anytime I would catch myself thinking of another thing that's going to make it so tough or so difficult or something I'm not going to like, I'm like, I hear that it's probably not going to happen. And mm-hmm. then I'd move on. But I think the point is, is like, I get caught in these um, hyper-focused things of, like, obsessive, like, negativity. And then as soon as I recognize I'm doing it, I'll be like, okay, I hear you. We're still going to do it, and it's actually probably going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then I just focus on taking it, like, one step at a time. So, like, okay, Savannah, don't think about how you have to do your hair, do your makeup, pick out an outfit, get your bag ready. I, I just say, what do you have to do next? And you're like, do your makeup. Cool. Do your makeup, then move on to the next thing. So I literally take it one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And I went and it was such a fucking blast. And I had a great time. And I talked to all the tables and Julie and I were talking and I was like, cool. Like, and we were brainstorming what we can do next. But it's just this weird thing that I've acknowledged that like, that's just what my brain does. It like, I think a lot of people's brains yeah. Like, yeah. do that. It just you know? does that. Like, yeah. and that's just me. And I think just acknowledging that you're like, okay, I'm like, I have this negative like mindset, but I do know from my experience that it literally will be okay mm-hmm. because we've done it enough times. Mm-hmm. And the more I, ex- and the, instead of trying to fight myself and feel bad that I feel that way, because I do this weird thing where I think like, no, everything is easy for everybody. Like everybody wants 
wants to do these mm. things. Like they don't have a hard time mm. with it. Like mm-hmm. I'm the only one who seems to like be struggling with this. That goes back to almost that shame type yeah. part. Like you're not feeling guilty that yeah. you're feeling this way. You're like feeling like mm. shame. And I, and I like know a, what my shame triggers are. Me. And that's like one of those things of mm-hmm. like, oh, and that's I'm the only one dealing with this. Yeah. yeah. Like everybody else, like it's easy for them. They want to do it. They don't struggle with this. And so anytime I kind of like find myself in that spiral, I just acknowledge it. And you're like, you feel this way. And that's fine. Like you're allowed to feel this way and you're still just like gonna do the thing anyways. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I wonder what did you that's feel? Cool. Did you were you telling yourself you were unprepared or was it just more than that? I mean what I think it's that because I do tend to have like a weird perfectionist thing, um, which I've like learned, and that's through like writing and working with some of the professors that I've had. And actually one of the books I was gonna recommend, it's actually called Bird by Bird. So sometimes I like find myself like I allow myself to complain about something like just once as long as it doesn't like roll out of control. And then mm-hmm. I literally say bird by bird. And it's by this author who I, I really like. Her name's um, Anne, Anne Lamet, Lama. I don't know how to pronounce it. She's actually based here out of the Bay Area. But the, mm-hmm. the intent behind that is her brother once procrastinated like really hardcore on like a little book report or something that he had to do mm-hmm. and it was on birds and so he procrastinated until the night before and then was like absolutely freaking out and her dad said to him because it was about birds he said bird by bird buddy like you just break mm-hmm. it down into the small oh. pieces and then turn in what you can so i often will find myself saying just like bird by bird but mm-hmm. i think it's i feel unprepared and it's a perfectionist issue mm-hmm. because you're like, you've literally prepared everything that you can at this point. Yeah. There's nothing else to prepare. It's just that little voice in my head yeah. that's well, like, but almost, we could have yeah, done this. Kinda, I've noticed when it comes to preparing things, there's almost this sweet spot where like, you don't mm-hmm. want to, you don't want to be prepared too soon yes. and leave yourself too much time to think. Yes. Because mm-hmm. then, because as a perfectionist myself relative to how I like, then you spend too much time thinking like, you know what? We should get a carpet and I should get incense <laughs> in the bathroom and there should be. Well, and then it know, starts ready building. To open. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it starts building. Yeah. And one of my professors, she always says, like, if you she's like, write the shitty first draft. She was mm-hmm. like, just write. Nobody's literally going to see it. Just like write it. And because the longer you're like, well, no, 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 it needs to have this figured out first. You're never going to get it done. Mm-hmm. You're never going to do the thing. If you let perfectionism like get in your way, just like allow mm-hmm. yourself to do something shitty, allow your space to be like, it wasn't perfect. And that's completely all right. Cause you're going to learn from that. Whereas if you never do the thing, if you never fail, if you never write a shitty first draft, then you're <laughs> never, ever going to be able to write anything good. You're never going to be able to create something good. Yeah. So I think I think the preparedness is like one of them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm constantly thinking about the day. I always think about future Savannah, mm-hmm. um, which is like this weird thing that I do where I'm like, I'm going to get home late and then I'm going to be starving and then I'm going to have to cook myself dinner. And I'm going to be so irritated that I have to cook myself dinner late at night. And then I'm going to be like She's already so there. hungry. And I, and I do this thing and it's like a constant loop for me. Uh. And I'm re and right now I'm still in the process. I think you don't ever stop of like just retraining yourself of mm-hmm. like, actually, no, it really isn't going to be that bad. Grace is one of the people who's helped me with that too. Mm-hmm. Of like, there was times where like I'd constantly find myself like eating out because I was so stressed. And she was just mm. like, she was like, yeah, because you think it's a bigger thing than it is. She was like, but then when you get home, she's like, it will take you probably 20 minutes tops. Mm-hmm. She's like, and it's probably going to be the same amount of time if you go and like buy that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you put it into that perspective, you're like, yeah, that's right. But in my head, I'm like, it's going to take 
three yeah. hours to cook mm. this one meal and, it, and then yeah. I'm going to go to bed late and then I'm going to have to wake up early and then my next day is going to be terrible. I just, I build bigger monsters than what's necessary. Yeah. And I, that's, I mean, it makes me, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of all the, all of the mottos and the little phrases that maybe I've said on here at the more important than I, I, um, I tell myself and like, you know, don't let perfect get in the way of progress. Yeah. Um, I often say yeah. fall forward. Cause like I may bust my ass, but at least I did it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, actually it wouldn't be my ass. Cause I'd be backwards. I might, yeah. I might bust my face, but, um, or like, you know, and you know, I, I never say, I, I, well, I, I try never, I try not to say failure. I just say, you know, lessons. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just all these little subtleties of how, cause one of the things, I mean, we're, we're all over the place. One of the th- relatives is like, we get, we get deep, man. Mental health is, very complex. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very complex. Mm-hmm. Because it literally controls everything that you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I remember my particularly my mother was always very conscious of saying to me is just like choose the words that you say to yourself very, very wisely. Super important. Um and there's no I mean, and there's no You know what that says to me though, is that your mom is a very self-aware person Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that means that she has that conversation with herself and she had the awareness and the withal to say that to you i'm assuming you're probably really young yeah i mean and all growing up it was young and growing up um, wow because i feel like that's probably like way ahead of yeah because i feel like we just started saying that we just started saying like be kind to yourself like say nice like or be kind or be kind right like we just started saying that of like don't say these negative things about yourself because you do internalize them yeah which you know, your your mom was ahead of the curve then. Yeah, well, I think it has a lot to do. I mean, I think sports. I I I, I, I don't. Most people probably don't know I was an athlete, but I I'm so glad I went through. sports. I bet they can't tell by looking at you um, at all. <laughs> I'm so happy I went through sports for a multitude of reasons. Um, but I think most importantly, looking back, it's just like how raw it is in nature relative to how you feel, and quite literally, you know how you know the physicality of it in many regards. Yeah, um, it is just often you yourself. And and what's around you. Um, so when you make mistakes or when you're in those moments of, you know, down or even up, it, it your how you feel is 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 very easy to read, generally speaking, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. body uh, language. You know, body demeanor. language, demeanor, yep. how you're talking. Man, we fucking suck, man. We lost you yeah, know, head down, closed off. And my mom was always at my at my games. Um, so it gave her the opportunity to get very familiar with my body language. And then she would say these wonderful mom things like, hey, yeah. be care- you know, be conscious of how you talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. You didn't lose, you know, blah, 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 or, you know, whatever. Like you may have, you didn't win the race, but you just set your best, you know, your best time on a 400 meter that you've ever ran. You know, yeah. like, right. you know, she's giving you positive perspective. She knew how to guide, how yeah. to guide it. And it's so. you make a bit more sense to me now after hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. Like, I feel like I'm learning something about you that I'm like that. Now I understand. Um. Now I understand where that came from because well, you are a very positive person. That's mom. Yeah, and that's mom. And I and I, I have my down days. I have my dark days. And there's I usually just give it to to other people. Um, I have certain people, and that's to say I don't trust you guys in yeah. this room. Yeah, or uh, yeah, but, yeah. You know, that's my, that's just, I just give it to certain people. Is all. I don't. That's right. And that should be that should be protected. For number one, here's the deal too. Sometimes if you start kind of like releasing those negative things out or kind of your self doubts, the unfortunate truth is like. Is like fifty percent of the people don't give a shit. Yeah, like they just don't care. 
like even if it's something awful. And then I would say probably, and of course I'm just making these up, but I would say, I would probably say another out of that 50%, I would say another 40% are glad it's happening to you because now they feel better about themselves. Then you find the sweet spot of the 20% of the people that want and generally want you to succeed and, and want it and will, and is comfortable listening to the negative and, and is a good positive reinforcer. And so when you do find those people in your life, you know, take guard of them and, and really yeah. cultivate those relationships. I can make two connections there to what we were talking about too. One is we were talking about thanks for the feedback. And then the other thing too, is that we were talking about the shame resilience from Brene Brown. And one of the things, the next step is like, after you kind of acknowledge that you're like, Ooh, I'm in a shame mode right now. Like I'm ashamed of something is that the next step is that you reach out to You like designate, like these are people that I could talk to that really put things into perspective mm-hmm. to me and actually care about me and are invested in me. Mm-hmm. So I could talk to them about how I'm feeling mm-hmm. and it it will make it significantly better. And the way that connects to things to the feedback, which we've talked about on the podcast, you said that you're listening to it, is that's like a huge part of it is that sometimes when you're saying something to somebody, you mm-hmm. need to be aware of like, what is the type of feedback they're giving? Because a lot of times it's not intended oh, or direct right yeah, sometimes they're just mm, speaking and they're not thinking projecting, yeah or, and they could project a lot of their like negative beliefs or again it goes back to like self-awareness sometimes when we try and like warn somebody not to do something it doesn't have anything to do with their capability of doing the thing but it can have everything to do with your insecurity on like well i can't do it so i'm going to project my fears onto somebody else mm-hmm. or like these are my thoughts mm-hmm, on yeah. it mm-hmm, so you do mm-hmm. have to really you it's absolutely vital. Guard, I think in everything in life. Well, it just makes really it guard, easier but to, find uh, one. It makes it easier to go there when 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 other people understand your shorthand as well. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking dive all the way back to when I was two, six, and seven every single time I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, like, yeah, so having people sure. that just speak your shorthand. Yep. And just remember when I told you about that thing. Cool, we're there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, There's levels of things that I that I feel like I share and that I have because I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm -hmm. I think that's super apparent to anybody who's (laughs) ever met me. I'm. I think the. I think the word that some people say is like passionate. I don't. Your superpower. Also, just another way of saying super fiery, super spicy. But it's. I. I really wear my heart on my sleeve. But it's funny because I have like levels to that. I have like levels of people of like this inner inner circle inner circle has heard absolutely everything and then there's like mm-hmm. another circle outside of that then there's like another one because i can't help but like mm-hmm. i think that's why instruct they, uh, that's why instruct they said we're all just onions we just got layers man yeah yeah so then season one episode four but yeah we're just a bunch of <laughs> Look at that little throwback there yeah. season one I think onions, establishing man. establishing your group of people that you're like these are the people mm-hmm. i can go to for uh, yeah. For lack of a better words, like feedback in a safe space of like these thoughts and these ideas and these feelings that I have. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. super important to designate that because yes. they will put on like their thinker hat and be prepared for what you're going to share with them. Like you said, having a backstory is super important. Yeah. I mean, so, man, I finally I finally caught up. You guys were you guys had already been in the pool for a few minutes before and I, I just caught up. But um, it got you know, it, it has me it has my my wheels turning a little bit and, you know, just relevant to hospitality in this industry. Well, and that being um, said, how do anything that we just talked about, did that have anything? Does that play any role in like the event that you just did recently? Uh, I wouldn't say so much, you know, the summer series. So, uh, yeah, about it's it, it's May. It's it's May 8th um, at this point. You know, we just we just celebrated Cinco de Mayo, Go Warriors and all that jazz. But, you know, the week prior. Um, Altamont had a summer series, which was just a beautiful day. Um, and what's nice, what I enjoy about that is I'm just prepping spices. Um, so as long as I'm prepared, all I have to do is just show up 
with with in the right attitude. So like mm-hmm. um what we're talking about today and it went great. Had my best day ever. I can't wait for five more. The last awesome. the last Saturday in every month all the way till August. So don't miss it. Um I mean but it, it it you know it makes me think of every everything. Um you know hospitality being such a I mean hospitality is is a feeling, right? It's not as much as an action like we just talked about this a few weeks ago. Hospitality yeah. is like how you how you make people feel. Mm. Service is like what you do for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. we are in the business of feel. We are in the business of feelings. Yeah. Um and I shit, I even think I said like, you know, four episodes ago I said like if there was a psychology to to hospitality, which we prob- there is. I we just it's just not categorized as yeah. hospitality there or, you know, psychology. Um but like having an idea, being as 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 conscious in moments as I can be is something that um, I, I'm always thinking of, whether I'm reading, you know, Buddha's book or chatting with Raymond, um, <laughs> you know, every, you know, all that, that spirituality means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're often talking about the same thing. It's like when you're trying to like, oh man, your, your mango is my, my pineapple or whatever. Like yep. you're often f- talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so leave room, leave, leave space for people. Um, to, to get there. But in hospitality, I, I always remind myself as often as possible to, to just be conscious um, of, of where you are, why you are. Um, always remember you can remove yourself for, from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned that the hard way from working in restaurants because how just the, the chaos, mm-hmm. the, the nature of the chaos that is so stressful at times. Stressful. Right? And you just, you constantly rebuild to get destroyed. Yeah. I mean, you fold the nap, you found thousands of napkins and polishing to just get destroyed yep, and then yep. you do it again yeah. and again and again. Like there's elements that I just, I love absolutely wholeheartedly. The routine of it was, was enriching, but that chaos and not being able to step away from it, um, it as much as you may need to, um, was like one of the things I was so grateful for the pandemic. Um, so like when mm. I say like the pandemic is the best thing that happened to the hospitality industry, it, it is because yeah, I agree. the hospitality industry was forced to stop. Um, and like I said, I, I don't say that lightly. People lost businesses and mm-hmm. they, it was destructive as all get out. But from an industry perspective, um, and, and, and you don't, ha- you didn't have to be consciously aware. It took me, you know, two years to get there. But if you live in that moment very consciously, there was a lot of learnings, man. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of stuff had, the, you know, a chance to catch up. Um, so that you could just remove yourself. And I guess the point of that is like relative to hospitality, it reminds me to, to, to step away. Um, and that like, quite honestly, like I'm the most important piece to it as, as you are. And as you are like, unless I am, like I live selfishly to the point where like, unless I am my best self, it doesn't matter what I am to others in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, which is often why, you know, Jeremy is at least for most people consistent. He's smiling. Um, I have my bad days. And like I said, I have my people that I chat to and sometimes I'll give it to you a little bit. Um, how you doing? You know, I've had better weeks, man. This week fucking sucked, but, um, but, <laughs> but then there's Monday. Yeah. But yeah. then there's Monday, right? Yep. We get to try again. At least um, tomorrow. So it's just, I, you know, I, I'm not like, I'm not like that corny guy who just has a good attitude because, oh man, I love Mr. Rogers and all the things, but like, no, because if, if not, um, I've seen the, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rather be the other guy. Mm. Because that guy fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather have the optimistic yeah. attitude. I'd rather tell you that like, hey, man, you like I know you're in this moment right now. But if you consider what you just went through for the last four years, I feel like this is just kind of a thing that you'll just also get over and thrive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's just um, I don't know. It's well, interesting. It's, I think that there's something interesting about that, too, of, of what people want to hear when they're feeling down. Mm-hmm. I I'll, and I'll get to that next. But I think something that that is interesting is. 
working in hospitality, and I think this is the difference between like the service aspect and like truly loving the hospitality aspect. I always liked service and the steps of service because of what they could provide to the hospitality, to like what mm-hmm. they provide to these customers and how it makes them feel. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's always interesting is um, at Cal State East Bay with the um, hospitality courses I was taking is pretty much every professor would kick off the semester by asking or somewhere within the semester asking, you know, do you think the customer is always right? And I was always had a different answer than everybody that would, you know, comment in and everybody was just like, no, the customer's always right. And they'll like say all these things. And then I always explained it like this. It's not that the customer is always right. It's that the customer's feelings are always valid mm-hmm. because no matter what you did, something happened to where they're feeling. And my thought really is, is that half the time people just are not feeling like they're heard or cared about they say oh you know like hey like this is what's wrong and then your response is to be defensive on it or to correct them on something instead of just being like oh shit i'm so sorry like whatever the reason because this is how we interact as people we don't say like no no no, um i wasn't being rude uh you're misunderstanding me you would say oh shit like i'm really sorry my intention like wasn't to be rude at all and you would like try and mend a relationship and move forward and that's how i always kind of perceive hospitality is mm-hmm. that my idea like don't get me wrong there's some people who just they're angry for whatever reason they brought that in with them but i think an attitude i don't know i've just always been able to experience when i go into work and this was kind of what was nice about doing the event with julia is that mm-hmm. i was able to connect with people and i had the opportunity to make their day better and mm-hmm. i did it mm-hmm. like people like the power that you have to literally make somebody's day and mm-hmm. change their day if they're having a shit day that's extraordinary mm-hmm. like that's so fucking cool to me well, i love that actually, ability and, and from the books that we just read and i think it was unreasonable hospitality that is yeah. like hospitality is a selfish it's selfish in nature because you do feel good about yeah. making someone else feel good. So mm-hmm. at, yeah. at the core, it's selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it has a very good out. You know, the, the output is is ideal. Yeah. Um, well, and something is, that he distinguishes, too, is that there's a there's a big difference between abuse and like mm-hmm. hospitality. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you get to go into your favorite restaurant, your favorite store and absolutely just like verbally like abuse somebody. But mm-hmm. I, I it, by and large, the majority of the situations that happen where I feel like customers are upset, it's just because they felt like they weren't being heard mm-hmm. and they felt like you're not listening and that you have this whatever like to them. I think just people at the end of the day want to feel heard. And they just want to feel like you're listening to them and you care about them. And a lot of times when we get caught up in our things, yeah. and like we're irritated and we're like I, when you because you'll like you said however you're feeling on the inside you project that shit Mm -hmm. so like if somebody is complaining about their like coffee or whatever Mm -hmm. you're gonna be like i have one million fucking things to do like i don't give a shit about your coffee and Mm -hmm. they're gonna be able to tell that they're Mm -hmm. gonna be able to tell that like you don't give a shit about them and so again not everybody it's not about the customer being right just that people want to be heard yeah that's actually i think people just want to be heard Gudar actually says those exact words in his book relative to like his guiding principles he talks about never don't leave the restaurant angry or you know Mm -hmm. don't go to bed angry yeah Mm -hmm. um and he, you know, he spins it around for a little bit, but how he ends it is like, most people don't want to be agreed with. They simply want you to hear them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And often that will be enough. Um, and often that will be enough. And yep. I think that goes back to the feedback thing too, yeah. of like, um, one thing that Nicole and I have had to kind of like come to an agreement with is that when he is upset about something or wants to complain about something, what he wants to hear me say is like, oh, 
somebody out there has it worse um, and it could always be worse. That's Mm -hmm. what he wants to hear. Like for whatever reason, that's like what makes sense to him. Mm -hmm. And for me, if I'm upset about something and I want to complain about it, I don't, that's the last fucking thing I want to hear. Like I always say to like, do you think I'm stupid? Like I have eyes. I know other people have it worse out there. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. My thing is always, I just want to, I just want to hear you acknowledge it. I just want to feel yeah. like you care. Right. Like, well, I just want to feel like less, you less listen. Is more in that instance is what it kind of sounds yeah. like. Yeah. And a has gotten like so good about being like, you know what? Like I hear you. And that does really suck. And for whatever reason, just like hearing those few things, I'm like, it does. And then I move on with my day after that. I think at the end of the day, it, for me, at least, I just like want to, I just want to be heard. Yeah. It's, I, don't, people, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be told. Do. Yeah. They want val- validation. Yeah. And that's what you're receiving. And I always thought like too, like in the restaurant, I can't remember where I picked this up, but it was like a, a conflict is just an opportunity to strengthen a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you go to whatever the issue is and, and you're like, um, so for instance, someone calls you over to the table and like, this is the worst steak I've ever had. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a black egg scenario, obviously. Cause that's where Dang. I, that's where I came from serving. <laughs> and you're like, honestly, that's probably really fair. <laughs> and yeah, I'll, I'll be like, the first thing I say is like, oh man, we probably just ruined your whole night out. Then you just shut up because what happens is all of a sudden, and then you go, and then you kind of like let them go. So maybe this, yeah, it did this really made me mad. I'm like, yes, you're right. I, I'm, I previously apologize about that. How could, how could we fix this problem now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they feel in control, which we've already touched that on the earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. They feel validated because mm-hmm. now they're understood and you're working together towards a solution. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. once you do that and then what ends up happening too is like they would come over. Well, I want to see a manager. You're like, okay, no problem. So you bring him over and you're like, this is Jeremy. I, I brought a stake in wrong. You know, I'm going to take responsibility they're upset. I completely see why they're upset. Like, yeah. is there anything to do? And then all of a sudden the person who is mad goes, it, you know what guys, it's not that big of a deal. You know yeah. what? I was just a little upset about it. And then they start. So then all of a sudden you kind of find this, like you close the distance between their problem yeah. and like you being able to solve it. Mm-hmm. And that, in that reverse psychology works. Yeah. Every well, for time. Me, I don't <laughs> see it as reverse psychology. I just like, I genuinely like, if somebody's going to sit down, they're going to yeah, spend their right. money. Reverse like, psychology I do want word. them to like, feel like, cause I, at the end of the day, I do really care. It's that selfish thing of like, I get a I high a shit about off a of steak. people having a good <laughs> that time. She was cooked to perfection, sir. <laughs> You've already eaten more than three quarters of it and you want another one? That's what I wanted to say. But instead it was like, sure, how can we help? You know, I think I think a lot of times too is I there's just very few times that I've interacted with somebody who's just been I don't know, like atrocious and that I'm just like, "Ah, I don't want you to have a good time. Like I want everybody to have a good time. Like I want you to enjoy things however you want to enjoy them, whether whatever the fuck that means to you. Right. I mean, there's, and I don't know. I, I tend to try and empathize with people. And I felt like a lot of times I'm always trying to justify like how my customer feels and trying to talk to a manager and be like, no, no, no. But like, like this is how they feel. Like, Mm -hmm. can we just do something like this doesn't need to be a fucking thing. Like it's so much easier if we just accommodate the thing that they want. It doesn't need to be like a big deal. And I, yeah, I genuinely, I had a great time, essentially is what I'm saying, at yeah. Charming Fig. It was really nice to talk to people, and I kind of let the vibe run the show, and mm-hmm. I let them know early on. I'm like, I don't want this to be, like, a super dry, nerdy wine thing. Like, mm-hmm. I want to provide as much information as you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And then it was great to kind of do a little spiel and then walk over to each table and provide yeah. more at that point and connect with those people. I mean, that sounds cool. you know, I had ladies who were like, hey, we're sitting, like, in the direct sun. We don't want our wines, like, right, right now. And I was like, 
this is what I can do. How about instead? Did you like this and just shadowed them for the next hour? <laughs> I considered it. They seemed like a good time and I wouldn't have mind listening, but I said that. That was her legend. It's literally not a problem. I was oh, like, shit. I can pour right before, yeah. like when we're ready to go. Like, we do not have to do it right now because at the end of the day, it's really not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, yeah. I mean, and we're running. Actually, and I said, no, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting fired up now. We can, um, but we're, we're we not are, running out of time. We're, 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 we're well, we getting there. We kind of already, yeah. We're getting like, there. We, we just dove in. That first half was good, but it yeah. makes me... Uh, like I said, it makes me think of a whole lot of things. Um, I, I here and there, I like I like digging into like the history of hospitality and how it started and whatnot. Um, what do you got so far? It, it goes deep, um, and I guess the point that I'm trying to present is that you know before the industry of service, there was it was only hospitality. There wasn't always restaurants. There wasn't always you would just it was simply hospitality. Mm-hmm. Come eat at my place, or I'll meet at your like it. Mm-hmm. Like so, the idea like the service industry. Is, is very manufactured um, and it really started to happen around the forties and fifties and sixties and whatnot post world, you know, post post world war two is the, all the things. Um, and I just, you know, looking one of the, you know, I talk about the pandemic um, the, like at that, like from then, like let's call it like the thirties and forties as people started to get a little more familiar with what serv- recognized service as we recognize it now, like the pandemic was the first time we've really stopped since we've started. Mm. Um, since the great depression to now, like truly it's really otherwise just been, you know, fast food. Yeah. Well, cause even in world war two, mm-hmm. our, we America really like took off with like industry and stuff like that. That's and, where oh, a lot man. of things changed. So if anything, it really ramped up like during that time, but it from was, the great depression and it just kept going and it just kept yeah. going. And like from our, you know, from our parents and our parents, parents who have largely been that, and, you know, I, I just think it's changing as all, and I guess relative to the, the, the mentality of, mental health and, and, and how it, you know, how it relates to hospitality. It's just not anything that's ever, it's not anything that we've ever addressed like we should in hospitality. And most, it's probably true for most industries to be quite honest. Um, but it, it's just been go, go, go for, you know, nearly a hundred years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we care about the products so much. We care about our guests so much in most regards. Um, for me, the pandemic and, and just where I've even before, prior to the pandemic and even more now after the pandemic is like, is is the, my headspace, my airwaves are the most important important reason uh, for 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 all things, um, especially yeah. hospitality. Um, and reminding yourself, like you know, as I'm sitting here having a terrible day um, at Darcy Kent Vineyards on a 20 acre parcel, watching the sunset with a glass of wine in my hand, right? And I get to go <laughs> home. Like, there's not, and that's not the case for everybody, but like, it's just like, then that goes back to the awareness mm-hmm. um, of just like. Like it is. Okay, cool. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm anxious about the meetings tomorrow because I didn't get as much done today as I thought I would. So now I'm already behind, but you know, I'm still going to like, you still get tomorrow to, 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 to readdress it. But um, or if you, if you don't like that though, too, like it is fine to be like, wait, I actually Maybe not I having a good time. Like, Maybe I don't need that. Like, like you said, I, I think it's great that you can put it in perspective and be like, wait, this is actually like pretty fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But then it's also okay to like be in that exact scenario and be like, I'm over this fucking I place. I don't. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, but to, yeah. but to yeah. make a realization yeah. totally. of like, other people would love to have this, but I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's- I've experienced that before where people talked about this one particular job that I had where I got paid outrageous money and went on all these trips. But I was like, that 
it didn't fit any of my fucking values like at mm-hmm. all when i look back on it i'm like i don't even understand how i ended up in that situation because like sure i got to travel to cool places i didn't get to do it with my husband mm-hmm. he wasn't there with me mm-hmm. i value that time with him so much like and, and i didn't the places where i like want to be with him you know, <laughs> yeah like yeah. so it didn't it didn't serve me or like um people were like oh you get to like go out to these bars and i'm like i don't want to be at them like the places that i want to be <laughs> at are not yeah. that yeah. and so like it's totally fine i would have people all the time be like oh my god you're so lucky what a great job so then it would make me feel really shitty when i'm like oh i don't like this and it would make me feel like oh i'm super ungrateful yeah. but i came to a realization of like wait that just doesn't fit my values at all and that's totally fucking fine it's really okay that if it doesn't and you could be like yeah i don't like this and it's not a fun time for me and you could yeah. be like cool on to the next thing that like is going to be cool that is going to be fun and i and this i think there. to what you were saying you know the pandemic kind of allowed everybody to do like a a big reset and you know as we're thinking about this in a historical the context reset. the great reset well yeah, right? it's interesting because we had the great depression and then you know pretty much directs you know in the 30s and then we immediately move into world war ii where america officially comes into it mm-hmm. and like that changed everything that we're still experiencing so like you said yeah. we really have not had a break until then until I then mean, it was our really our truly our first one it was it's just wild I, yeah it's 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 an interesting read um and you can read it in so many places but i, I just like you know i, I love this industry not have, going anywhere do you have any recommendations that like kind of tackle that topic um you know, if I thought more about it, the if, internet. I, if, I, yeah, if I if I knew I was going to start talking about that today, Ask I might. ChatGPT. Um, otherwise, I, I'm the kind of guy who like, well, it's it's. I always got there through the black hole. It was never on first glance, right? I was mm. I found a thing, then found an article, and a guy that I like read to his thing, and then like 40 minutes later, you're like, bro, that was you know, you finally got there. So I just yep. like to dig in, and I usually do it late night. And I'll just follow the mouse, and I'll just get <laughs> there. Funny. Next thing you know, I'm 13th century talking, hanging out with Prince Charles, and I don't know. Perfect. Um, but that's about it. This was like a, I feel yeah, like this was an point. actual situation of our brain dumps. You know how we like, yeah, how this you was, a, I'm, like I'm a, struggling with like what, what we titled this one. Cause this was, I th- I feels like a really good conversation. I feel good after this, but like this was a first for the listeners guys. So um, should we call it uh, self-awareness? I something, you know, living consciously, Ooh. self-awareness, you know, we I got a few things Ooh. here. I mean, you wrote topics to consider a moment of gratitude on there. Yeah. I th- and I think we did it. Actually, well, why not? Why don't we end there? Why don't we end on the Perfect. moment of gratitude um, okay. relative to the conversations that we just had? Um, otherwise, you know, this is kind of wrapping up another episode of Through the Grapevine. Um, we are more well over halfway through um, season five. We're having a blast. Um, you would have just listened to Harrison Wood from Wood Family. Um mm. And he he came and hung out with us for a, for always a fun um, and a good conversation. Our first wine centric conversation, really this year um, or this season. So um, the best is yet to come. Um, we've got Happy Acre coming on, Matt and Helena. We've got Aurora from Flocka. Um, we've got some local realtors coming in. We got it. We got it. We got we got some stuff left. We're gonna be recording through June. Um, we'll take a break, lick our wounds, and we'll keep getting after it. But with that said, um, I'm just gonna play. You know, a song as always. This song goes out to. Uh, all one of our all the dreamers, but specifically our our gal Apple down there at Wingham, oh. um, and only because it's like my favorite. It's the she only. It's she's not back from she France. She will be. She by will the at time the point of this. Of this yeah. So um, it's just my favorite like French pop song right now. That's oh. as much that. And that's the reason. <laughs> I feel so cultured right now. <laughs> and it, it, it I just love boogies. Apple. So she's a great um, listener. This is a segment and you've heard a few times. Moment of gratitude and and why the heck not? So. Um, 
Who wants to take it away, huh? I feel like you're looking at me, so I do. <laughs> I looked at uh, you. Please. <laughs> Savannah, take it away. Guys, uh, please leave some comments and feedback on the podcast. If you're liking what we're doing, please review us. Give us some likes. Share us with your friends. Listen to us anywhere you listen to anything. I hope that you guys all have a great weekend. Uh, a great week. I hope you have a great life, actually. Uh, please remember to be kind to one another and keep an eye out for all things that we'll be doing. Thank you. Bye. Um, I'll finish this one. Matt, you can take us away. Otherwise, I just say, um, you know, my moment of gratitude is just for everyone who, who's followed this podcast, this podcast in general. Um, started it, you know, five five seasons ago, four, year, four years ago, um, with no other intent to really just figure it out. Um, we thought that there was something that needed to be said. Um, and apparently that's not the case. We're just lucky to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we get to say what we want to say. So that's we awesome. appreciate you listening. Um, and, and it's going to continue to get more fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed this episode. We haven't really just gotten where we got today. Um, I guess in, uh, you know, what I'm going to walk out of here is like, don't be afraid to talk about, I don't know, the deep end of the pool every once in a while. Mm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Dive in cannonball like uh miley cyrus are sorry you're right, <laughs> <laughs> you're, i read this wrecking ball, a wrecking ball. Yeah. i read this uh thing a couple days ago and it's kind of it's been sticky it's been sticky in the mind and i hope it uh i hope it's sticky for you too and i hope you live it out and it, and it read if you only had tomorrow what you were grateful for today what would you have mm-hmm. ttg We'll see you next week, y'all. Cheers. I feel like salami is an inappropriate answer for that question. <laughs>